Hey everyone, this is a little bonus episode for all you World of Row listeners and anybody who hasn't listened. It's my one year anniversary in podcasting and I thought I'd do a little something for y'all telling my story about how I really got into the podcast uh, scene, my journey in life. And you know, I try to get pretty candid about a lot of stuff that I've encountered over my life. And I hope you really enjoy because this is my special treat for you. Normally I would only do one episode a week, but I decided to give you guys a little bonus insight on the World of Row, me. But, you know, before I start the show, I have to thank my sponsors, and one of those is Bombas. Bombas are socks engineered and designed to look better, feel better, and perform better. Bombas are purpose-built for athletic performance and designed for extreme leisure. Each section of a Bomba sock has been carefully created to improve on years of sock complacency in the industry. Every pair of socks you purchase, one, of those, one pair of socks is donated to somebody who's in need of socks. Because you listen to this show, you can get 20% off your first order at www.getbombas.com slash row. Thanks, and I really hope you enjoy the show. All right, people, let's do this. Sit back, relax, and get your, get your podcast on by listening to the World of Row podcast. And... Uh, this is something different, another another clever, different type of thing. And I was thinking, spending lots and lots of time thinking, and I just said, you know what? I I, I have Facebook on my on my on my iPhone. I have Facebook, and you can do the little time hop thing. And I look back, and I saw that, you know, one year ago this week or this today, actually, this is August fifteenth. There was a, a post about. Recording my first episode for Pick and Row Show, so technically we are one year into podcasting. Well, I'm into I'm in one year of podcasting, so it's been an amazing, 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 amazing. I keep saying amazing, but a great time podcasting. It's been a creative outlet, and I wanted to talk about that on this little short little podcast here. So I'm going to title this episode 32 because it's episode 32. I'm not going to do one of these little bonus spinoffs and you know things of that nature. I know people like to do that, but I'm not going to do that for this one. So I'll just go into my spiel. So this is the World of Road podcast. It's available to you every single Friday on iTunes, worldofroad.com, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, any podcasting app you use or podcasting app you use. And of course, you can always help out by leaving a five-star review, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes for me or even on Stitcher. I think you can leave reviews on Stitcher from what I've heard. You know, take the time to do that. It's, uh, it takes like 30 seconds. And if you enjoy this show, just just do that for me. It'd be great. It, it helps out the algorithm for my podcast. It moves me up the ranks in the iTunes library. And who doesn't want to move up and who doesn't want to rank well, right? Especially when you, you know, you, you love what you do and you have a lot of fun doing it and, and you support this podcast and you enjoy it. So you might as well like, hey, share the love, right? Tell your friends, use social media. Tell your friends about me. <laughs> rush hour, the rush hour reference. Um, also, there's something else that you can do. You can go to um, www. Did I say that three times? Yeah, well, it's www.patreon.com slash world of row you can go to that page there and if you want to give back a couple of bucks to the podcast you can do that and let people know or not let people know but uh help me out you you help fund the podcast you get you get a shout out on every episode that i do 
and uh, you get insight to bonus content, videos, podcasts, whatever. I'm still working on a couple of things. Like I said, August, I think what I'm going to do for this month, sometime before the month is over, I'm going to do a live Q&A on, on my Facebook live post. So if we're friends on Facebook, be on the lookout for that. If you're not friends with me on Facebook, uh, maybe you can uh, do a friend request and um, and uh, we you'll get to see it when it happens, right? Yeah, sounds good. Anyway, um, episode 31 is out, right? So this Friday episode came out, episode 31 came out and that was with Dan Franks, you know, the guy, the guy behind podcast movement. Uh, he works for Midroll. He's a podcaster. He's an entrepreneur. Anyway, I mean, it was a great episode. Great guy. Dan is one of those, one of those guys I'd been wanting to talk to and hear his story kind of thing. And I had fun always. This uh, episode uh, 33 this Friday is going to be really, really great. I'm not going to say who it is. If you're friends with me on Twitter or Facebook, you'll see when I uh, do my little shout out for the, you know, like the hyping up the episode. So it's going to be really fantastic. And, uh, you know, one year, guys, one year. It's almost like being in a relationship for a year or doing something for a year, like a job, uh, maybe a having a relationship, I think I already said that, or being committed to something for a year straight and doing something that you love. Now, granted, we didn't do an episode for a year straight. So if you add my episodes on World of Row and you add the episodes on Pick and Row, I think that's like 51. And keep in mind, people, we went, sometimes we'd go two or three weeks without dropping an episode on Pick and Row when we first started doing it. And a lot of it had to do with timing and that's one of the things, and if you're listening to this and you're interested in exploring a creative outlet into the podcasting scene, you got to be consistent. And I, I think we hammered that down on a lot of episodes. But so, you know, we're talking about all this and this is the one year anniversary of Roel Santos doing podcasting. And I got to tell you, there's moments where I felt really confident that the, I've, I've, you know, the way I felt in podcasting that I was going to do some really good stuff with it and there's been moments where I haven't felt that I would do anything out of it. The thing is, people, you support the podcast and I thank you greatly. And um if I'm breathing funny it's because allergies, you know, the way this weather operates some from time to time. And you know, I don't make any money out of this. I have long-term goals with this podcast, and I realize it's a it's a marathon. And people people will will tell you, and you'll listen to a lot of shows, and they'll say, you know, we're not in it for the money. We're in it for fun. I mean, we love what we do, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love what I do. I love the ability to come on the, a podcast or come and record something, give you a show every single Friday, and you can find some sort of inspiration out of it, whether it's me talking to my dad, whether it's me talking to Natasha Prohansen, or talking to Brianna, or talking to Dan, or talking to Marty DeRosa, or Fear, or anybody like that. These people have something that they're worth talking about. I mean, they have something worth to talk about, and something that they've they've gone after, and something that I'm trying to do, their own journey. You know, stand-up comedians, professional wrestlers, working for mid-roll, doing the podcast movement, being a podcaster, exploring these outlets, this this new medium, and it's it's all trial and error. It's all learning from your mistakes, and that's what I've done. And uh, it's been fun, you know. <laughs> I was listening to episode one from the Pick and Row show, and if you guys listen to that show and you listen to this show, 
you should check it out. It's crazy how far we've come. We're, you know, how far I've come. We're talking about me, right? So <laughs> I, it, I think about like from episode one of Pick and Road to episode 19, and we sound so much different. Uh, more so, I just because I had been consistently doing a podcast while Pick was on that little hi- hiatus or sabbatical. And it's, it's, and it's nothing against him because, you know, he's doing what he's got to do, but we always find, you know, find ways to work on our game, so to speak. So for years, for years, for years, for years, I played basketball growing up from, from 13 to 19 years old, 20 years old. Even now I still kind of work and try to recraft my game and make myself, you know, competitive in some aspect. I mean, I can't run up and down. I mean, I can still do that, but I can't jump out of the gym with somebody, you know. But, you know, people often ask, what's what's the story behind the podcasting for you, Roel? How did you get started in it? What was your influence? What was your inspiration? I think one of the things, obviously, if you've been listening, Colt Cabana was one of my biggest influences. And my dad's always said, hey, if you want to go after something and you want to try to, you want to reach your goals, then you got to try, right? You can't, you can't, um, you can't say you didn't try if you, if you're just talking about it, you know? So I, I finally had the balls to get, get around to it and, and doing a podcast. And it took me three years to do this people three, three years, two and a half years. I mean, just talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And finally I just said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. But you're, you're still not confident enough. You're still kind of scared. And that's where pick came in. Pick had an idea of doing a podcast as well. And he wanted to talk about certain things. I wanted to talk about certain things. We kind of go from that. And we, we found different things, you know, different things that we liked and there's things that we clashed and we had friendly discussions and, and it's, and it's, it made, it made for interesting conversation. I know a couple of times we kind of got heated with each other and that's okay because that's what we're supposed to do, right? We're, we're podcasting. If we're passionate about what, how we feel about certain things, that's, and he's passionate. I mean, whatever we're going to, we're going to go at it. We're going to go at it. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to just bite each other's heads off. Well, <laughs> verbally speaking, not really, you know, getting fisticuffs or anything like that. But, you know, when I think about the year from August 2015 to now, I can think, I can remember when we did the first episode and me feeling so, so, so confident in myself and so excited. And I remember going up, coming upstairs to the bedroom and telling my wife, hey, we finished. She's like, well, how did it go? And I said, well, I think it went really good. You know, we go back and listen to it. You're just like, oh gosh, we sounded so nervous. We sounded pretty bad. And, uh, and podcasters will tell you, you don't want to ever, you don't want to ever go back and listen to the first episode because when you listen to the first episode, you're gonna, you're gonna kind of, you know, cringe when you hear the way you're talking or the way you're saying something. It, it just doesn't, this doesn't bold well for you. So when we started world of row and I have, I've had time to do this because I knew the one year was coming up. So I kind of went through and I listened to some of the episodes, not all of them, not the whole entire catalog, you know, that's 31 episodes. And you know, that's probably about, about, you know, 37, you know, 35, 30, 35 to 38 hours of audio. Can't go back and listen to all, but I, I went back and I kind of skimmed through them, you know? So I remember listening to episode one and I can remember how excited I was when I was doing that introduction and still kind of nervous. And it was really, really short where I talked about my guest and how um, I started the solo show. And it was like a minute and a half of me just doing that. 
And then episode two started to feel a little bit more confident, although I still felt feel like I fumbled my words on that one. Three was good with John. Two was with, Jay, with Joey DiCarlo from So Wizard. And by the third one, I was feeling pretty good with John. The fourth one was Saint Diablo. I felt like I took a step back only because I was nervous because it was my first like in-person interview in a podcast. And then as time progressed, it started to get really good. But you know... Sometimes people, when you're going to talk to somebody and you know they have this little aura to themselves or like, you know, you feel, you almost feel suspect, you know, of how they are. And it's pretty damn nerve wracking, I have to tell you, because, you know, you, you, you want to sound like you're, like you're not full of yourself or you're full of shit or you're, you're not able to kind of put your words together. And that, that has happened to me. I mean, when I interviewed uh, Natasha Pro Hansen, I got really nervous, and I mean, maybe it's just because I knew that she was very confident in herself, and and, and it's very inspiring. Uh, Natasha and I have been kept in touch, and I've uh, I've kind of tried to model certain things about what I'm doing, and and trying to be and trying to be as confident because she, you know, her approach was really was really has been really successful for her. And I, I try to go that way. And I mean, some of these people that even podcasters that I talk to, they they all kind of have their own confidence in their own way and how they approach things. But every interview is different. And sometimes you can have a really great conversation and you can have a really bad conversation. And it's not because either one of the people that are on the podcast don't want to talk. It's just you got to kind of pick and prod, I guess, what type of conversation you want to take it to. And that's where people like, you know, Colt is really great at what he does. If you got, I know a lot of you may not be into professional wrestling, but he's an independent professional wrestler. And when he talks to people, I mean, and you hear his conversations, it's, it's just like, bam, you're in. It's just like a natural conversation, organic. And he kind of, you know, the, the conversation takes its turns when you're, when he's having those discussions. And Mark Maron is another example. I mean, the guy had the freaking president on his podcast. I mean, he's had so many people on. He's done over 700 episodes, people. he's He was like one of the founding fathers of how podcasting has become this this new medium where it's so successful and he's a stand-up comic and it's it helped him rebuild his career and he's monetizing and he's making, you know, lots of revenue off of it. And and just, I mean, the way he talks to people, he's, he's able to have these conversations and he's able to build... An amazing, an amazing, amazing podcast each, you know, twice a week by talking to these people. And he, he just has that, he has that presentation to himself. And that's something that I'm working on. It's, it's a little bit easier to do one over Skype than it is in person. Now, granted, I've done, let's see, maybe like four or five in person, but there was, you know, with the exception of two, I wasn't, I mean, I didn't know the people, I didn't know, you know, with the exception of three, I should say, I didn't know the people firsthand. I, I didn't have a relationship with them. So that made it a little bit more nerve wracking for me. Now for years and years and years and years, I've always described myself as this, intro- as this introverted person who couldn't talk to people, who couldn't reach out to people, who couldn't have a conversation with anyone. And by God, I don't think I am that person. I think a lot of it is from, it comes from my father because my father is the type of person that can talk to anybody. I mean, he'll challenge anybody if, uh, you know, just to kind of see where they're at. And, and that's just the way he is. You know, he's a very, he's a conversationalist. He's, he's able, he's able to kind of just wing it, shoot from the hip and kind of build off of that. 
and I, which is why I think when he says a speaking career, he could totally do it. You know, he can, he could be a live coach. He could be a, he could be like a podcaster if he wanted to. And we've kind of joked around with the whole thing about him coming on the show once a week and, you know, doing like a life lessons with Rowell senior kind of thing. <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's all twists and turns, ups and downs. As people have, like, as people have always said in your career, it's the journey. And every week, people, I mean, it's, it is a journey. It's, you know, the, the task of finding, of finding people to be on the podcast is very, very challenging because sometimes there's a, there's a, there's a scheduling conflict. There's, you know, the ability to, to do it in person. You know, you, there's the time crunch because there's different time zones. Like I, there's a guy, you know, Paul from the countdown movie and TV podcast in Perth, Australia. I've been doing, uh, he reached out to me back in February or March after he heard one of my episodes and said, Hey, I want to be on your show. So I said, let's do this. You know, we, <laughs> and that was in March. We're in August now. Haven't been able to work out the time because he's 12 hours ahead of us. And we're in Texas anyway, big difference. So like right now, I mean, I'm recording this. It's three 15 in the afternoon on a Monday. He's probably three 15 AM on a Tuesday. So the time crunch, you know, technology, some people can't, don't have laptops, you know, or desktops, or they don't have microphones, or they don't have headphones, it's, it's, it can, it can really put things, you know, like a hamper, you know, like a damp, not a hamper, a damper, <laughs> and it's, it's all about timing, you know, and I think that this is the biggest and most, you know, the awesomest, if that's a word, thing that I've ever done. I'm not a creative person. I've I've never been able to draw. I didn't play an instrument, although I always wanted to play an instrument. Uh, I can't, you know, make anything per se. You know, what I can do is I can talk on a microphone. I know how to use my equipment. I know how to cut my grass. I can wash my car. I can clean out a garage. I can, you know, I can do I can do all these all most man- manly things. You know digging out roots from a bush which i finally finished by the way <laughs> i just finished that that was a workout i'm not even joking with you that is a heck of a workout i can do all those things and this has been my thing the world of row is my thing my passion my love my zest my lust for life thank you wiggy pop for that line <laughs> and all that stuff so you know, we're, I'm giving you guys like almost like a state of the union type of thing with the podcast. And I'm going to talk a little bit about me here too and things that I like, things that I enjoy, other stuff. So obviously the podcast is doing pretty well. I mean, I, we're, I'm ready to take it to the next level. So that's I'm being very aggressive now with getting different types of people to talk to. And I'm trying to go after more in-person type interviews and um, meeting people. You know, interacting with people in person, taking pictures, videos, vines, Snapchats, whatever, just to kind of create this presence and grow this presence out there. And that's my goal for the next, for the rest of this year, for by the time we get to January 21st, 2017, which will be a one year anniversary of World of Row. I think that that's going to, that's going to be exciting, exciting to do, to do, because I, I think one of the things that I'm kind of toying with is hopefully you know, 
getting a very big guest and having them on that show or doing something where, you know, we, we get like a, I get clips from each of my favorite episodes and I play like six to seven minutes of them at a time. And maybe I pick, you know, five or six or maybe eight or 10 even, and maybe, maybe go five minutes and then play each clip. And then I kind of give you a summarization, summarization of how that, what that conversation was about. That's my, that's what I want to do. And then as a treat for you, since you've been listening, if you've been listening since the beginning to now. So that's the part the world of rose doing great. It was on, on what on new and noteworthy on iTunes for a while made the what's hot on iTunes. You know, now we're kind of just, um, middle of the pack and we've got to like, you know, break on through to the other side kind of thing. And, um, that's what I'm going for. That's what I'm going for. So at the end of the episode, I'm going to talk about, you know, feedback, things like that. And, you know, stuff that I want you to kind of express about if you can. And then, uh, we'll close up and this isn't going to be too long, you know, so I'm not going to take up too much of your time. I appreciate that you've taken the time to listen to this podcast every single Friday. You know, like I've mentioned an hour of your time, you know, an hour and a half, even 45 minutes, whatever. So, so, you know, about me. Okay. So I, I grew up in a small town, you know, Alice, Texas, you guys have, if you've known, if you know me or you've been listening, you've heard that. And I didn't have any brothers. I had two sisters. My dad always worked. He talked about that when he was on the show. And I always spent time, you know, when I went to school, came home and I had nothing but, you know, estrogen around me. So I, I got really used to, I got comfortable enough to know, you know, I had sisters, so I heard all these things, you know, what they go through and all this other stuff. And yeah, I had to be like the brother that was protective to a certain extent. And the thing that I, the thing that I enjoyed a lot was that my mom always, my mom always tried to keep me included in, in, on all those things. And my mom and I growing up, I was really close to my mom just because my dad worked a lot. And my older sister was always really cool with me. My younger sister and I had were really cool. I have a different type of relationship. I have different relationships with both of them. And, you know, I my older sister always watched out for me, always protected me, always took care of me when we went somewhere. You know, she always made sure I ate or made sure I was good to go. And, you know, she did the little, you know, the what siblings would do was pick on each other. You know, be her being the older sister always did that. And... um. You know, time went on. I, I mean, I grew up like any other kid in the 80s, you know. Video games, Nintendo, that was my thing. I loved watching professional wrestling. I still watch professional wrestling. I loved watching Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, that was that was my generation. I woke up every Saturday morning, and we used to watch, you know, we'd watch the Bozo Show. We'd watch uh, NBC, NBC cartoons, Muppet Babies, whatever else was on there. You know, and, and as times, and every Monday... When I got home from school off the bus, I knew that I could watch Ninja Turtles. From from 4 o'clock to 4.30, I was watching my Ninja Turtles on Channel 10. That was that was what I always looked forward to. I never, I only had like one or two of the Ninja Turtles. I always wanted all of them. My good buddy Robert Garcia always had all the toys. He had like the, I don't know if he had the Technodrome, but he had like the, the van. He had all the turtles. He had Shredder. So we all, man, we were, and this was like at the time when, uh, the movies came out the original movies you remember those so fucking cool so i had my two best friends growing up uh and uh, three and then they, they kind of grew right so juan galavis robert garcia were my two best friends we did everything together we lived like within a mile of each other or maybe maybe like a mile and a half 
from each other. So we every weekend we go either to they come to my house, we go to Juan's house, and then we go to we go to Robert's house. We don't we do the same thing over and over and over and over again from like second grade to fifth grade. That's all we ever did. And then other friends kind of came in, like my my good buddy Rennie Perez, my buddy Victor Rodriguez. We were all like a tight knit group. And the coolest thing about this is. Rennie Bettas and I are still really good friends, and I've known him since like 1988 or 89. His dad and my dad worked together, lived down the, we lived like across the street from them. But, uh, you know, he just, it, it, you know, there was, I was a typical kid. I, the one thing that I, I always felt bad about was I didn't have a brother. So these guys were like my brothers growing up. And as, as time progressed, you know, we all get older. As soon as we got to junior high, high school, we all kind of branched out. You know, I think um, Robert moved. Juan kind of started hanging out with different people. I started hanging out with different people. Rennie, Rennie and I were still kind of like in the same group because we played sports together. And Victor kind of went his own way. And then by the time I got to high school, I had my other friends, you know, like James, Justin, and Joseph. Three of the, and Aaron Castillo, Randy Doyles, Frank Bernal, Keyshore, all my like great friends, man. I, I just... They were all like we were all a tight knit group. So once we got out of high school, we all kind of stayed really close. Even though some of us went off to college or some of us worked or whatever. And then that's the other thing, you know. It, it kind of when I graduated high school, I couldn't get any type of financial aid or scholarships because they said my dad made too much money. My dad worked for the Navy for thirty years, right? I think is was what he says, and he you know, and supporting three kids. And you're like, how does this classify as a lot of money when he's got three kids to support? Couldn't get financial aid. So that was frustrating because, you know, my biggest passion growing up, or at least by the time I became like a a teenager, early 20s, I wanted to be a coach, a, a basketball coach. I wanted to do X's and O's. I wanted to do strategy. I wanted to do game plans. I had all this stuff. Like I had such a passion for it. I loved it. You know, Coach K was one of my favorite coaches in high school, along with, you know, as time as, as time gone by, Greg Popovich was one. Uh, Bill Walsh was another one. Mike Holmgren, football coaches. And I never got to do it, and it bummed me out. So I had to work, you know. I had to work and pay for my school. I went to community college. I was majoring in kinesiology. Like I said, I wanted to be a coach. And... um I had to pay my own way. So I had to find a job that would pay me well enough to be able to do these things. And I'm 19 years old. I'm working at a music store. I'm busting my butt. And I'm only working 15 hours a week. I barely get my license when I'm 19. (laughs) It's crazy. I know. I was 19 years old and I got my license. People were like, what the fuck? How did you do that? Well, you know what? I had good friends. They always drove me around if I needed to go anywhere. Joel Trigo, if you're listening to this, I love you, man. You always gave me rides to and from work when I needed them. If I needed to go somewhere, you always helped me out. Frank, you, Bernal, you did the same thing. I owe you guys a lot. Joel, I owe you lots of gas money, or maybe I'll buy you some beer, or maybe I'll buy you a ticket to a concert or something. Same thing for you, Frank. I know you're all you're all kind of nearby here in San Antonio. They took care of me. I watched out for me. I had great friends, man. So by the time I got my license, I finally I was already a manager for my Sam Goody store. I was one of the managers. And then I worked my way up to a manager. I like the manager. I became a store manager. I was 19 years old when I became a store manager. 19 years. What was it? 19 years, nine months and 30 days. I was one of the youngest managers 
in my in my job at the time there was actually somebody younger than me but maybe like by two months and uh one of the things working for Sam Goody was we had a conference every year. So the first conference I ever went to was in Minnesota, September 29th, I think is what it was, or September 30th, 2001. Yes, you heard that, folks. 2001. I found out two weeks, or I found out 10 days before I was going to Minnesota I had that I had to go to a conference in Minnesota because I'd just taken my job. And you guys all know what happened in September 2001. So 9-11 happened, and, and if you guys remember, or if you're old enough to remember, everyone was scared to fly. Everyone was scared to death to fly. So here I am. I'm a 19-year-old cat, never flown anywhere before, and I've been out of state numerous times. I've been to different states, but we always drove. So I'm having to fly to Twin Cities, you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, and I have to take this this plane ride, and I'm like scared out of my mind. And my dad, dad, if you're listening to this, you remember you drove me. I had a red eye. The next day, from I we went from, you know, the flight was out of Corpus Christi. So, and after that, they always said you got to check in two hours before your flight. So my flight was at six thirty. We get to the airport at four thirty, or five thirty. I can't remember what the time was, but. <laughs> <laughs> the airport didn't open. The flight was six thirty, I think it was what it was. It was still dark outside, and or or something like that. And my dad and I get there at five. The airport doesn't open till six. <laughs> like, what do we do? I was so scared, so we went to my uncle's house. I mean, I'm not going to go into too much detail. I, I I had a very, I was so nervous. You know, I I threw up, or I you know I got sick. I, I just I got real sick. And my dad, who is who's been around planes all his life, said, "Hey, you're gonna be fine. It's nothing's gonna happen." I mean, I think I I, I was scared enough to the point where I maybe I think I may have cried because I was just scared. I mean, I'm a very emotional person. I was scared to death. I mean, seriously, I thought I was gonna die. And my dad, you know, gave me this pep talk and said, "You're gonna be fine. Everything's cool." He's like, "You'll find find somebody to talk to. That always eases everything, man." find someone to talk to so i get to the airport and and my flight from corpus to houston i'm sitting there at my gate waiting to go in and there's this guy there and and he's just he's on his way to i think he said louisiana and he was flying into houston and we had that we were on that flight and we're just talking and i I tell him like this is the first time i've ever flown he's like oh man you'll be fine man everything's real good right now you know security's tight nothing's gonna happen man you'll be cool so I get on the plane and like everybody, when you first, the first time you fly, you have that moment where the plane takes off and you kind of freak out a little bit, you know, you, you think you're going to fall and then you kind of ease into it. So I was, I was in that, that flight and the flight from Corpus to Houston was like 30, 45 minutes. And I think I started to fall asleep. And when we got to the, when we landed, the guy was sitting right behind me and he kind of like knocks on, knocks on my seat, like checking on me, you know? And I think maybe it was just kind of like a, you know, one of the, like, like it was God making sure I was okay. You know, like this, like God sent this guy and I don't mean to get religious or anything, but you know, he checked on me, made sure I was okay. That was that moved on. So anyway, first time, that was my first time, first time experience flying. It's pretty terrifying. But after that, it was a piece of cake, you know, uh, 
the flight to, to Minnesota was, was pretty awesome. Minnesota was awesome. So like I said, I became a store manager and I envisioned myself like this. I took my coaching instincts and I took it to this managerial instinct type of thing where I was just like, okay, I'm going to take approach my job like this. I'm going to develop people and train people. And I was 19 years old, so I still didn't know shit. It took me a little while. And maybe like a year, fast forward, a year later, and it's turned into this, you know, thing where I was pretty, it was quite successful at it. And I, I was still, I was still a young guy, 20 years old, and I kept doing it. And then the downside of what happens in retail, especially in a company like Musicland or Sam Goody at that time, Napster had really took a dent, taken a dent out of the sales for, for Sam Goody Musicland. And they went out of, they were going out of business. They did what any other company does before they got to cut their, you know, cut their losses and try to trim the fat and try to stay profitable or return to profitability. So they closed stores. And let me tell you guys, being laid off when you're 21 or 22 years old, it is depressing because you think it's the end of the world and you felt like you didn't do anything right. You weren't successful enough. Even though your store was doing pretty well, you know, they... They didn't, um, they had to do what they needed to do and keep these stores open versus the other stores. And it, it was, it was hard. It was really hard. By then, you know, I gave my friend Frank, who was like one of my best friends, like I mentioned, I gave him a job and he was helping me run the store and him and I were already really close. I taught him everything I'd learned. We kind of learned together. I was still kind of learning. I was pretty good at what I was doing, but I got better. And I think I got better because of him, because we kind of like, put our heads together and work together to get to get better and to make that store better and we both took it hard you know and like I said but you're 22 you don't you don't know shit you're just seeing the world it's just starting I was still in the same town I grew up in I was still in the same town I went to high school I hadn't branched out you know and my the opportunity came back to work for music land after being unemployed I I took a I took a short-term job and then I, cause I didn't want to have like this gap, you know, unemployment and they look at that shit. So then finally, you know, I, I, I work, I go, I work for them again. It was short lived in Laredo, Laredo, no offense to the people that live there. There's some great people that I know from there, but I didn't like Laredo. I hate Laredo. I think it's a terrible city. Fast forward, you know, I'm in my twenties. I find a job with GameStop. I'm already in my mid twenties. I worked there for seven years. I become I've been able to do these things where I've developed and trained people. Like I, I really call myself, I called myself the Bill Walsh of retail because <laughs> I've had, you know, at least I've worked with 150 people, but you know, 12 or th- maybe 20 or 30 of those people have become managers in some type of aspect, whether it was for Sam Goody, GameStop or any other type of employer. And they've always come back and told me, Hey, you made a difference. You helped me. And that right there made me feel good. That was the most amazing feeling in the world. When I had people tell me that I had a, I had some sort of influence on on them, that is the the biggest single compliment I had ever received in that type of profession. And you know, from 2000 to 2012, all I ever did was I ran a store. Eleven and a half years out of that, of those 12 years, that's what I did, and I had fun. And uh, it could be stressful. Working retail is very stressful if you're working retail. If you were, if you worked in retail and you're listening to this, you know exactly what I mean. We don't have time, you know, weekends. We don't have time during holidays. We don't have time for birthday parties. 
family get togethers were very limited in that and it's very very frustrating so the new job this job that i have now i've been doing it for four years it was around the same time we got our house and i i just enjoy you know i, I enjoy it I, I i do what i need to do i have a i make a good living out of it and i come home and i spend time with my family and i have no stress and that's the biggest thing so anyway um i've always i'm, I'm very determined and motivated to to do great things with whatever i do if i if i fail you got to get up right have to as well you know, Mar- I've, Marty DeRosa, who's on my podcast a few episodes back, talked about Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman ran ECW. And one of the things that he says is, he's like, you know what? I failed so many times, you know, but I learned from it. I pick myself up and I come back and I'm going to be stronger than better. And I'm going to say, watch out because I'm going to be that much smarter and I'm going to be that much stronger to take down. Half the fun is failing is what Paul says. And... So many times I failed and so many times I've been disappointed with my job or my performance, even in this podcast. I mean, I, there's times where I'll listen back and I'm just, God, I sound like such an idiot, you know? And, and, and I'm not the only one. People who do a podcast feel like that. They feel like they could, do, they could always do better. We could always feel like we can do better. We spend time editing. We spend time you know, putting music together, putting this together, putting that together. It's like all kinds of stuff. It's a lot of details. I mean, you have to kind of find it and it takes time to learn how to do all this stuff. It doesn't happen overnight. Let me tell you, it does not happen overnight. It took me a long time to figure out how to edit a podcast, but I like the fact that I can do it myself. It's a DIY kind of thing over here for me. Do it yourself kind of thing. I have nobody helping me. I mean, sometimes I do, you know, Omar and Brandon Manabusen. Brandon Manabusen at the very beginning was so instrumental in helping us. He helped us get on iTunes. He helped us get on SoundCloud. He set us up on SoundCloud. And then Omar helped me out with, you know, learning how to use Logic, learning how to edit, learning how to do this. I mean, so many, you know, just so many things. And it, it was I was able, because of Omar, I'm doing this podcast by myself. I'm able to do this alone. I'm able to to spend time and put everything together because he showed me how to do it. And and like Marty said, you know, he's like, you got to have your people to help you. You know, Marty talked about, you know, Colt being like a mentor to him in the podcasting realm and how he helps him, you know, get in, get into this, uh, get into, get, you know, with the podcasting helping him out with this part. He's got his own producer. He does stand-up comedy. So he has all these people that he can relate to. And when I when we finished that podcast with Marty, I DM'd him on Twitter and I said, look, I really like what you said about this and I've been thinking about it a lot. And I try to have a group of people and around me that I know that are like kind of like your backbone and support you and you have a mentor kind of thing. And I kind of see, and, and I've talked to Colt too in emails and I've always seeked advice from Colt. And uh, he's responded a couple of, you know, most of the time Marty has as well. And I told Marty that I wanted to see him in that type of like mentor, mentor role for me. And he, and he said, Hey, yeah, let's, you know, we, let's keep in touch and talk. And, and it, it, and I, I try my best to, to not annoy either of them as much because I'm sure they've, they have busy lives and I don't want to be this silly, this silly guy annoying them with stupid random questions. But it's nice to have that where you can communicate with these people. And, you know, there's people that I've had on the podcast that I have great relationships with. You know, Fear, you guys already know that. Uh, Clayton, who was on episode seven, good guy. I, I stay in touch with him as well. You know, um, 
Nick from Epic Film Guys, we're, we're pretty cool. My dad, uh, Toph from Master Debaters, Courtney, X, I mean, uh, Max Groves from Comcast. I mean, all these people, Natasha, Natasha and I keep in touch, Brianna, I mean, every, I, I, and, you know, uh, Tito from San Diablo, I, I keep in touch with all these people because they're they're kind of like a group of people that can you know help you and the same thing goes for the all the podcasters the independent podcasters that are in Potter and family great people you know you you keep in touch with them and you 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 kind of brainstorming you know spitball ideas together jack is another cool guy podcaster that i've met in person and we're we've got a pretty cool friendship as well but I'm just driven, you know, I'm really driven. And sometimes, and I'm sure most of you deal with this, where on a day-to-day basis, we're always going to be tested. We're just going to be tested both mentally, maybe physically, verbally, challenged. People are going to just challenge us, you know. I mean, maybe it's not necessarily the person. It could possibly be a test, you know, from God or whatever. I mean, however you want to look at it. What I do know is, is that, I, it's sometimes it's hard to, I, I got to tell you, it's hard for me to stay focused on what I'm trying to accomplish and to stay positive in what I'm trying to do. Because every day, like I mentioned, it's a challenge. And I, and I think Jimmy V in his speech, if you guys have seen uh, Jim Valvano, you know, the guy who was uh, the basketball coach for NC State, he did this thing where he was talking. He got the he got like the first ESPY, you know, the he got the Jimmy V award, the very first one, you know. And he's like two months away from death, and he gives this emotional speech. And the thing that I liked about it so much was that, I mean, the guy was was dying, and you wouldn't even you couldn't even tell, you know, the guy just was positive, you know, focused on what he was talking about. And he just, I mean, the delivery was so amazing. And so he says, what is he? He says, you need to have a full, a full day is what he says. A full day of emotion is what Jimmy, so here's the thing. I can't remember, I can't remember verbatim what he says. So I have my phone right here on my iPhone and I'm looking this up and he says, if you laugh, you think, and you cry, that's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You do that seven days a week, you're going to have something special, is what he said. And it's a very, very good speech. I mean, this, like, he, like he said, I mean, this, and there's funny parts to it. If you guys have time, check it out. He, it's, he's so animated, but like I said, great speech. He was on, he was about to, you know, succumb to cancer, you know, bone cancer that he had. I think it was bone cancer, but what an amazing speech. But, you know, this is episode 32. This is one year of podcasting, people. One freaking year of podcasting. I hope that you've enjoyed the ride. I hope you've enjoyed listening to me. I've, I hope you've learned you've learned something about me. I hope you've enjoyed some I've enjoyed the guests that have been on the show. I hope you've learned something from them. I hope you had fun. I hope you've laughed. I don't know if you've cried. I hope you maybe you got mad at something that I said or somebody else said and maybe made you, you know, think about it or made you want to message me and say, nah, that's bullshit, that's not right or whatever, you know, <laughs> you got a reaction, right? That was the whole point. And um, 
thank you for for everything seriously thank you all so much for listening to the show for supporting me for believing in me i do want to give a shout out to to uh, some you know all i mean i can't shout out every shout out to everybody but anybody who has taken the time to listen and that has texted me and messaged me and told me that they enjoyed an episode or they're proud of me thank you so much i really appreciate it it, it really goes more than a patreon page or more than an itunes review or more than an attaboy you took the time to tell me that you enjoyed what i what i was doing and i really appreciate that from the bottom of my heart like i'm right here right here my heart i love you all and i hope you you stay listening and i hope you continue to enjoy this friday's episode is going to be great next week's is going to be great the week after that's going to be great and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. Because I'm going to deliver you, deliver to you every single Friday. And sometimes maybe on Monday with a little extra something-something <laughs> of audio greatness with the World of Row podcast. So now, let's go ahead and start talking about, you know, closing up here. Um, every single Friday, guys, worldofrow.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to it. Leave me that five-star review if you could. I would really appreciate it. That goes without saying. I, that's my part of my routine. You know, social media. You know, we got Instagram, Twitter, and Vine at Roel Santos Jr. You can also go to worldofro.com. Check out some back catalog episodes. You can see what I'm doing there. Still working on that uh, technology. I keep saying that every week, right? But, you know, you get the idea. It's going to get better. And um, facebook.com slash worldofro. You can check out the Facebook page. And, of course, www.patreon.com slash world of row if you want to give back a dollar you want to give back two dollars you want to give back three dollars i don't care whatever you can give i would really really appreciate it all right folks you've been listening to world pro special bonus episode 32 i hope you have a wonderful day and we will see you on friday that sounded kind of lame we'll see you on friday all right peace no that's not lame too We'll, keep, we'll catch you guys on Friday. Have a great week and enjoy your TV shows, right? No, we'll see you on Friday, guys. Have a great week. <laughs>